Welcome to Into the Film First, a movie fan podcast where we talk about movies. I'm Mitchell Chandler. And I'm Bryce Payne. And today on Season 4, Episode 3 of Into the Film Verse, we are going to be talking about Kubo and the Two Strings and our most anticipated films of 2023. We might as well jump uh, right into it here, Bryce, and talk about Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, before we started this podcast, you said that you didn't like it as much as I did. Um, and, and I wanted to jump in here and just uh, get your thoughts on what you think uh, of the film. So to preface this, I have seen this before. Okay. I I don't remember why I watched it, but I watched it for a reason, <laughs> and I was just like, eh, that's all right. And then like you decided you want you wanted to watch it for our, our animation month, and then I you watched it before me, and you texted me and was like, holy crap, that is amazing. This is fire. That 4K release is gonna be amazing. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> so I rewatched it. Uh, I enjoyed it more this time. I think the claymation, especially those big boss battles, works really well. I think Kubo as a character is okay. And the twist is fairly obvious. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. But, I mean, for a 90-minute claymation film, it has some really good scenes. It's really well done. And it it hits almost everything but the emotional strides for me. Okay. See, I was going to say probably the exact opposite of that. Um (laughs) The claymation, not the exact opposite, actually majority of the same thing, but um, I'll say that normally claymation doesn't work for me, Um, from James and the Giant Peach, one of my most hated movies ever, to, uh, what's the most recent one we we watched? Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio, Gilmore Tutorials, I just didn't really get into that one that much. It's a shame, it's a good film. Eh, (laughs) to most people, Um, but... uh, (laughs) Uh, but I did, uh, yeah, usually I just don't enjoy, enjoy claymation. Oh, Coraline, um, even to a certain extent, I don't really like, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. I know, pillory me. Um, but we're going to get stoned now. I know. That's what I said. (laughs) Just go ahead, bring it on. Um, but that being said, this is the first claymation film that I've loved. I think, and I, I didn't really get to see it on a high quality screen. I just saw it in like on HD on whatever uh free free way i can watch it on pluto tv and yeah i just know that like with extra visuals this could be like look amazing i I loved the um like paper animation that he like that he did with his like with his little banjo or his two string guitar um it was super cute and then just like a lot of the vibrant colors in this film really would pop with a better like 4k restoration i will say that i was impressed that like everything really starts moving in 15 minutes yeah. Like, in 15 minutes, everything starts going off, and I was just like, okay, all right, let's go. And then he meets Beetle in, like, the 30-minute mark, and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, they have the whole gang together already. I was surprised that at the beginning of this film, it starts with the mom just getting her head smashed against a rock in the sea, and then just crawling to her, child, her infant on the ground, and I was just like, what the hell is going on in this film? I was kind of confused, though. So, like, I, it's like as I've said, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. I saw it a couple of years ago, so a lot of things have been, like, out of my <laughs> mind by now. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching it, and I was just kept being like, well, when is this going to happen? I was like, oh, there's the answer to that question. And I was like, I feel like this should happen. Oh, yeah, there it is. And then, like, uh, for instance, like, the mom, I was, like, sitting there, I was like, I could swear she has a bigger role. Like, I don't think she just sits there and stares off. Oh, okay, it's nighttime. She's talking now. Okay, more, <laughs> more, to, more going. Plot, yes, more. I will say that I think Cuba was kind of... The point, okay, so in spoilers, Cuba's been out for like, what, six years, seven years? Yeah, I feel like we should be good. So there's a point where he gets the paper mache lamp, right? And he's like trying to talk to his dad because he thinks his dad's dead. Right. And so I just got there and I was like, 
but isn't his dad like the Beatle? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as that happened, I'm just like, and the, it didn't light up. I'm like, oh, so his dad's not dead. Like that's my first <laughs> thought because I'm just like, oh, he's, his dad's not dead. And then as soon as the Beatle was like, I don't know who I am. I'm like, oh, it's his dad. <laughs> yeah, dude, immediately, like I saw him and I was like, I remember like he's his dad. And I was like, it's so painfully obvious that that's his dad because you haven't been introduced to anybody else. Especially when they revealed that the monkey was his mom. I didn't see that coming to be honest with you. Like I expect, I I just didn't see that she knew that she was his mom too. I just did not see that coming. So when that came, I was like, "Oh, that's a pretty cool, interesting twist." And then I, I looked at the beetle. I'm like, "Yeah, for sure, that's <laughs> no way, no way, it's not." And as but, the as the story goes on, and they start like working together, do you see mm-hmm. them like flirt? Yeah, I was like, "It's so obvious." Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things that I was thinking too is that the fight scenes in this are really cool. They're so well yeah. done. I, I think the most notable one, obviously, is going to be the the skeleton with the swords in his head. I think that re- that really stood out to me, at least, as like the best bat best battle. But it kind of felt like a video game, right? Where like you go from one section and you mm-hmm. end it with a boss battle, and then you go to the next one and end it with a boss battle, and the next one you end it with a boss. And I was like, this is flowing so well as like a video game. Yeah, no, you're right. I like I like that uh, progression of it. One of the I think my favorite one was the one in the boat. The, the which monkey. one? The, the monkey fighting the sister. Yeah. I didn't even count that as a boss battle. Not necessarily a basketball. I just love that fight. Like it was, was just really so cool. cool. I wasn't expecting the monkey like to be that good. So <laughs> she was just like, "Let's go." Yeah, and then I was just like, "Dang, she just slaughtered that chick. What the heck?" <laughs> I I did like the uh, the faces, like the mask the sisters are wearing. I was like, I feel like that's not her face because it's not getting a lot of motion. They used to like it cracked. I was like, that's cool. I like that. I did, I liked the ending too. How they wrapped it up with the um. You know, Kubo, like, giving his grandfather life, and he doesn't know who he is. I like that, too. I wish that, like, so there, there's an issue I have with that, though, is at the end of the movie, Kubo is sitting there, and he's talking, and he, like, goes to do the spiritual thing with the lamp, and I was like, what happened to his grandpa? He just, like, becomes mortal, or, like, mm-hmm. he just disappears. Like, they don't re- they don't show him with Kubo, or, like, them being a family. It's just, like, the grandfather gets rescued, and then he disappears. I thought it was almost like, in a sense, that he just made him mortal was the only thing. Like, and he just has to deal with being immortal. That's kind of harsh. I, I think I know. Was, I don't know. In my mind, I guess I was like, expecting him to be like standing at Cubo's side. I'm kind of glad that he. I was glad that he wasn't, just because I, I wouldn't like. I don't necessarily want that character to have a happy ending. <laughs> I just I think it's an interesting choice for him to be immortal and not know who he is, and then for the community to be like, "Oh no, you're a good person," and for him to have to live up to that mantle of being a good person. So, speaking of the grandfather, when he becomes mortal and he has that human eye, is that Cubo's eye? Oh, it has to be. Like, that would make sense, right? But then that means there's a part of yeah. Cubo in him? Yeah, no, 100% because he stole his eye. I would, I would definitely think that. I wasn't entirely certain. I was like, I feel like that has to be Cubo's eye. Otherwise, what significance would it have for him to only have one eye? Yeah, I think he that was Cubo's eye. Cubo's eye, I think, because they were even the same color, right? I think so. Yeah. But I was also just like, it's claymation, so you know it is what it is. Well, I just, and the, another thing that I really appreciated about this film was how they dealt with, like, I wouldn't say, well, not, not even mental illness, but just like um, a kid dealing with his mother that has severe mental issues um, and, you know, with her brain injuries. Yeah, I thought that was like, really, like helping her yeah. and like taking care of his mom. He like had, really had to grow up by himself. Um, even though there are moments that you know his mom is coherent, other times that she there's a lot of times she's not. So I mentioned in my review on Letterbox about how this film is a great teaches a great lesson on um, legacy mm-hmm. and remembering your family members. 
because you see Kubo, especially in the final battle, as he uses the hair of his mother and oh, the I bowstring of his father to defeat his grandfather as like a way of, re- of like their legacy towards him and what they taught him. And I was like, that's so powerful. Yeah, I loved that. I loved them using those the the two strings was ended up being. And then he then he pulled the his hair and he like united them as like this weapon of love. Yeah, love. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was cute. I thought it was a great way to like kind of sign off the film. And then with his, the final shot, if I remember, is like him with the lake with his mom and his dad at his side as he like pushes the lamp. And I was like, that's a, that's a sweet ending. Although let's think about this real quick. They said that the entire reason that they were going to get all those things was because that's the only way to defeat. And then then it didn't matter. And then it never mattered. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. Maybe it's more like, you know, the only way to defeat it was love. Well, 100%. Yeah, that was what they were trying to go for. Which, I I mean, it was really... And I thought more of it so it's just like realizing that it's not... The power is within your memories and you versus, um, you know, actual items of power. I respect that. I I think this is a really good um like balance with Coco. I think you could have like a really cool. Um, I, I think I like Coco more. I think I said that in my first yeah. review was like how the powerful uh, family legacy and respect and all that lends itself better to Coco. Yeah, I mean, because I, the whole culture is based off of the you know of well not I mean not the whole it's not based off of that specific thing, but I'm just saying like the day of the dead, that's a huge important part of that culture. So to bring that to life in us in like an animated way, that's super cool. I just think that these two play off each other well. And I think that like, it'd be a cool crossover that could happen. I mean, never, probably not, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like in my head, that'd be cool. Um, do you know who directed Kubo? I just found this out looking at my, um, I don't, it's the guy who directed Bumblebee, Travis Knight, Travis Knight. I'm so I'm so proud that you knew that Dogby Head because I wouldn't have a single clue who the fuck that was. Which <laughs> I'm sorry, we're working on it. No, I just know. Uh, well, yeah, Bumblebee. It just it was just so good that I was. I just remember. His I name. just I would not remember one director's name off of one movie. So the fact <laughs> you just pulled that out of your air is just very impressive to me. I like. Her. I was just like looking and I was like, oh, I wonder if he directed anything similar. And then I was like, oh, Bumblebee. I have not seen Bumblebee for those that what? don't know. <laughs> you haven't seen Bumblebee? I keep forgetting you haven't seen Bumblebee. I don't, I don't like Transformers. Trust, okay. Like, oh, right, let me, do you don't like Transformers <laughs> the movie? The movies? Or you don't like Transformers as a concept? I love the concept. I think that visual noise is too much for me. Okay. Well, that's fair. Okay. So Bumblebee is definitely a stark difference from the rest of the Transformers films and the fact that it actually deals with character and, and well, I mean, we're not here to talk about Bumblebee, but I'm saying go watch Bumblebee. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Cause that's a good film. I'm going to rewatch all of them before the, before what, what's his name comes out. I, the, <laughs> I can't remember the, the uh, new one. Uh, yeah. The one with the gorilla, <laughs> yeah. the, the gorilla transformers movie. I'm going to rewatch them all. If I fall asleep in revenge of the fallen again, I'm not even going to finish them. Uh, all I know is the first transformer is really great. And then I don't even like the first one that much. I you think, don't know. Have you seen, um, the original animated movie? I know. That one's pretty good, too. I like that a lot. But, you know, we'll, we'll get there when we do our Transformers review, and I can go through and get to that point, because I, be, I will be watching Bumblebee for that rewatch. Okay, cool. So, we'll get there. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think that um, that's super cool. I didn't know that he was the one that directed this. No, yeah, no, I was like, that's kind of neat. Neat. Good for them. But, no, uh, so what, what was your rating for Cubo and the Two Strings? Um, I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Not bad, not bad. I did not give it four stars. <laughs> I gave it a solid three and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's just so similar. I, think, I just think I really vibed with the animation. 
Um, it just I was impressed that I actually liked the claymation and that you know what it is. I think a lot of the other claymation relies too heavily on horror, and I don't that know if it fair. mixes well for me. I think it's because they could do cool like monsters and stuff out of claymation. We get things like uh, this one's the newest one, Wendell and Wild, mm-hmm. where you have like the neat little demons and stuff in a claymation. And they just do a really well job of, like making those in claymation. Yeah, even James and the Giant Peach was like, I mean, well, that's a different thing, but I feel like that one was horror, horror elements. Yeah, to exactly. It. But um, uh, my my rating did not change between this watch and the first watch. No, I, that's that's fair. Um, I definitely ended up enjoying this a little bit more than I thought I would. Well, that's good. All right, guys. Well, what did you think of Kubo? Or have you seen Kubo on the Two Strings? Are you going to watch it based on this, us talking about it? I just want to hear what you guys have to think, think about this movie. Uh, let us know, you know, wherever you're watching, listening. Um, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Now, and, and, and next week, you can listen to our thoughts on my pick for it, my last pick oh, for yes. animation, Fantastic Planet from 1973. That'll be a fun conversation. It's a hand-drawn animated film, so it'll be, it's different. It's it's different. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, it's a little weird, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely love to talk about that. Now, what I do want to talk about um, is looking forward into the rest of 2023. Um, there are a lot of films to come out still, and I'm super excited for a lot of them. There's so much coming out this I year. I know. Based on like the past few years, we're definitely going to be spoiled for sure. I I heard somebody saying that this is probably going to be like the best year of cinema in, since 2019. Yeah, 100 percent. Because and 2019 was fantastic. It was really good. That was was it was Spider Verse and and Game. Spider Verse 2018. 2019 had like 1917, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, Oh Joker. Okay. Yeah, like 2019 was a solid year, and then COVID hit and screwed everything up for three years. I don't cry, and I think this is the the year that all of those fil- those COVID films that were delayed and pushed back and um, whatnot are now back into the fray um, and are ready to be released. Because up until now, you know, theaters ha- haven't been back in full swing. People haven't been going back at, um, as much. And you've been getting a lot of those delayed COVID films where they they were made during COVID, but mm-hmm. they keep gone kept getting postponed. And we finally got those out last year, like Top Gun and. You know, little things like that started coming out, trickling yeah, into the world. And it's whether or not you look at it, or the studios really postponed it because they might not have gotten their full money back from, you know, they, they need the most amount of people to come to the theater, to return to the theater, to get their return on their film. Or it's not like the special effects weren't done, or, you know, actors had to do different things because of COVID, you know, or the restrictions delayed the film. There's a bunch of different reasons, but a lot of those films are finally back in theaters and now we're finally getting to where they made them last year, and they're coming out this year. Exactly, hey. exactly. I'm super excited. Um, so we wanted to take a moment and talk about our top ten most anticipated films of 2023. Um, Bryce, I will let you go ahead and start um, off us off here and take us through what your top uh, films. Okay, now we we did ten, right? Top ten, exactly. Okay, so it is so hard to find only ten movies that you're anticipating for for 2023. There are so many. I know. I agree. And there is a bop every month. Every single month has a great movie coming out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off with my 10th one, which is one that I just found out about recently. Okay. But it's directed by Ridley Scott. And it is. it seems like a return to form for him for, from like Gladiator times. And he is directing Napoleon, which mm. is a Napoleon biopic with Joaquin Phoenix starring as Napoleon Bonaparte. I mean, he's like Napoleon Dynamite. No, just kidding. No, no, no. no. It, it and not much is known. Obviously, we don't have a trailer. We don't have the thing, but a timepiece film 
directed by Ridley Scott with Joaquin Phoenix. You know, Joaquin is a brilliant actor. So anytime he's anything I'm, I'm interested in. And then Ridley Scott, you know, um, some hit and misses, I think, just for me personally. But you can't deny that he that they're a great filmmaker. And he's done, he's worked with Joaquin before with, like, Gladiator. Right. And this isn't the only piece he's working on. I think – I really think really Scott got really mad with how Last Duel performed. And so he was Ooh, like, you guys want film. the old me? I'll give you the old me. So he's <laughs> also got, like, Gladiator 2 in the works. And then Napoleon's coming out this year. And so it feels like he's returning to his form. Okay. So, yeah, I thought they were doing Gladiator 2. So, yeah. Napoleon, yeah, I'll be interested in seeing that one. So, once again, not much is known, but it has some good points to it. And it was just like, it snuck into my at my 10th place. I was like, okay, I'm excited for that. <laughs> and then uh, number nine is one of my favorite directors, Wes Anderson, returning to screens with Asteroid City. All right. And if you know anything about Wes Anderson, his cast is always phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He somehow gets like the biggest people. And this film has like Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks. Jeffrey Wright, Scarlett Johansson, Lee Schreiber, Tilda Swinton, Jeff Goldblum, Brian Cranston. Like there, there are some people here returning, like Willem Dafoe. And I'll wait for Willem Dafoe, yeah. But there's it, the, the cast list is stacked, it's completely stacked. Steve Carell, Adrian Brody, like it just, there's just every name wow. is just more people, and there's a lot of people that haven't worked with Wes Anderson getting put into this film. Anytime I, you know, you hear of stacked cast, that film, that film immediately shoots the top of my list because you're like. With so many talented actors, what can they do with that? That's so cool. And then this just sounds like a very interesting film. So it's uh, it's set during 1955 at a junior stargazer space cadet convention, which is disrupted by world-changing events. Ooh. It just sounds interesting, and I love Wes Anderson. Even his films that aren't that great to me, which French Dispatch for me was not a, hit, was not a huge hit, but I love him so much that I just can't wait to see this visual marvel. I love your enthusiasm for Wes Anderson films um, and just good. Wes Anderson in general. Like anytime you're like Wes Anderson, I'm just like, yes, you go. It's, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Once again, not much is known though. Like that's it. We got the blurb and we know it's coming out. And now we get into stuff where there's more stuff actually known. Uh, number eight, Scream 6. Mm-hmm. Scream 5? Scream 6. Scream 6. Scream I'm looking at my list. I don't know why I can figure that out. <laughs> but Scream 6, I love Ghostface. I think the trailers for this has already looked really good. I'm interested in a new location that's not, you know, someplace we've been a million times. And then there's a lot of clips and, like, little pictures being released where I'm just like, yes, I'm so excited for this iteration. I love the Scream franchise. And the trailers and the posters that they put out for Scream 6 have just been – I got, love it. They got that one um, – still they got put on twitter where it's like him with a shotgun in a convenience store mm-hmm. and i was like oh yeah this is gonna be a bop yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i love that it's set in new york just the thrill of having scream and especially didn't it look like it was at new york, uh halloween too or something like that i think so i think it's set during halloween that's even i love that but i love the i love just like things where they have a killer where it's set in a time where killers could be anywhere mm-hmm. it just makes it so much more fun to watch for me i think uh First thing that's in my mind is like trick or treat or some stuff where it's just Halloween. You like, anyone could be it. anyone could be a killer. Now is uh, this supposed to be like um, just an all new cast or is there anybody returning from? Jenna previous? Ortega's returning. Jenna a lot of other people like the survivors from Scream Five are coming back for Scream Six. Why does that sound familiar? Is that Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. <gasps> yeah. I love Wednesday. And she was okay. the, the the final girl in Scream Five. I need to rewatch that because that makes me happy. I love Jenna Ortega. She's really blew up in the last year. Things with like X and things like that. She's just blown up. She's an X. Yeah, I need to rewatch she, that too. You know that nerdy girl in X. 
Okay, well, I, I I really don't remember much from Exorcise on the CX symbol, but no, but yeah, so Jen, Jen Ortega is like the one, like the new Scream lead. So that is very exciting. And then going on to another horror film that I am a huge fan of, we get Saw Ten this year. Yes. <laughs> and I'll say this: I know Saw is a hit or miss for a lot of people. A lot of people don't like the torture porn as, like aspect of it. I watched Spiral three times in theaters. I remember you did I that. Love Saw. It is my guilty pleasure films. They could be terrible. They could be crap. But every single time there's a Saw film, you know I'm going to be going to it. You know I'm going to love it. It could be terrible. I don't care. It's Saw. I don't expect much. I expect people to get brutally murdered. Like, that's all I want. Okay. I love Saw. <laughs> like, the f- concept of it. I love the first film. and the, I think the second one is pretty good, too. But the second one's considered by a lot to be better than the first. Okay. Yeah. It's after the second one where things start going downhill for a lot of people. Exactly. I loved every single one. I think the issue with it is that the kind of what your issue with transformer is i feel like a lot of it is just like visual noise or just like you know gore for the sake of gore and traps for the sake of traps versus having reason behind it do you want to know how i watch them hmm. i go through it and i'm like would i survive this <laughs> would i survive and this? like i'll watch it to a point and i'll be like oh yeah i could get through that oh yeah i could get through that and then it gets to a point where i'm like nope that's it that's where i'd be dead <laughs> i'm dead the the one that comes to my mind i think it's saw five mm-hmm. there's like there's a sewer and they're also like the whole thing is they're all supposed to be working together, and if they work together, they could get through all the traps unharmed with only like a limited amount of like damage to them. And I was like, I can make it through this until the last trap because there's like a saw blade and you got to put your hand through it and like you have to drain your blood. And I was like, that'd be it. I would not survive to that point. Like, <laughs> I, there's no way. But I just like seeing, I like testing my thoughts and be like, I can do that. Uh, and <laughs> and then also with the revamp of with Spiral and Chris Rock, I think that film was good. It just Kind of missed the mark on a few things. It was I... Chris Rock. Chris Rock missed the mark. <laughs> Chris Rock missed he, the mark. He is a oh god, I can't remember. There's like um, there's a scene where he like starts yelling at his police captain in it, and like it is the corniest like line delivery I've ever heard in a film. He's just like, just let me do my job. And it's like, shut up, Chris. Like, stop. <laughs> shut up, Melman. No, However, <laughs> they did get Samuel Jackson for that movie. So Sam Jackson props, was cool. especially because they asked him in an interview like, why'd you do it? And he was like. I don't know. I've never been hung up in, you know, from a, from a trap before. So I was just said, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> I respect that. Awesome. Anyway, move, moving on from my guilty pleasure films. Next one is a pretty pretty big movie coming out that was supposed to come out this year. We have Martin Scorsese's return, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I've heard about this. I just forgot what it's about. Uh, it's based on a book set in 1920s Oklahoma and depicts the serial murder of members of the oil wealthy Osage Nation. But that's not why we watched Warren Scorsese. <laughs> we watched Scorsese because he is a fantastic director. Ooh. And with people like Leonardo DiCaprio, Jesse Plemons, Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser's in this movie. Yeah, no, this movie's going to be great. Especially because Warren Scorsese is just one of those d- directors that when you hear his name. He's the one that you, put The Irishman. He's the one that did The Irishman, yes. He also did Wolf of Wall Street. See, I never watched The Irishman. I love The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Yeah, no, it was great. You know what? It's funny. He's like such an acclaimed director. Taxi Driver, Shutter Island, Ooh. Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. I grew up thinking he did The Godfather. Yeah, it's because it, yeah, it's I know the why. Gangster films. It's the it's that that feeling. So I always thought that he was the one who did it, and not Francis Ford Coppola. I just always mix them up. Yeah, it, it's destroyed me. Like he is so well it's known just... for his gangster <laughs> films that I just assume that he made the biggest gangster films. No. But he is he's definitely a director that every time a movie of his comes out, I'm just like, I'm there. He's so, the one director that like can talk shit about Marvel films, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, he's like, 
Marvel suck. I'm like, you know what? I respect you enough to you know, take your opinion. I know. Like, you're fine. Like, you know what you're talking about. Screw it. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to let you have your opinion. You, you, you good. You good. I know that we have a friend that's reading the book, Killers of Horror Moon, before this comes out. And I oh, just cool. want, I, I kind of low-key want to read it just so I can be like, I'm going to read the book. Mm-hmm. But I'm also lazy, so I'm not going to probably do it. I had to force myself. And then let's move into my number five pick. This Ooh. is on your list, too. I already know it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. What are the odds that Scorsese would be right before a Marvel film? <laughs> right. Take that, Scorsese, Marvel. <laughs> Spidey. That's, that's no, what I'm talking about. No, yeah, no. Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse looks fantastic. I'm so interested in the what, what it's about, especially with that teaser trailer we got where he's, like, running away from the spider people. So uh, I'm currently actually playing the Spider-Man game again because I just, like, it's Spider-Man. Like, how can you not love Spider-Man? Exactly. Scorsese. <laughs> no, and the, it, Miles is just a great character. The only thing I do hope, I hope they keep the emotional, like, way the way that Into the Spider Verse hit me emotionally. I need this film to keep that. I need it. To, I need it to follow up, not be better. I just need to keep that quality. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I I hope it stays with that heart and emotion that um, the first one set up. Uh, it's, it's it's a very high bar, but I feel like they can do it. Especially with, you know, Peter B. Parker coming back, Gwen Stacy coming back. Miles carries the first film. He His whole journey is, like, such an important part. Yeah. That I'm just interested to see him interact with more spider people. Me too. And, like, the world is bigger than he's ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited to see how that plays out. And, and moving on to number four, this trailer just came out in the beginning of January, and that is Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I know we just saw this trailer, and it is absolutely bonkers. It looks fantastic, and you know this. Was, okay, for preference, this was already on my list. Okay, it was the trailer okay. was trailer was not out when this was on my list. I love Evil Dead. I love um, you know all of them. All of them. I haven't seen the show yet. I haven't seen Ash vs. Evil Dead yet. I need to, but I love the movies. So and I heard like Evil Dead Rise coming to HBO Max. I was like, bet I'm there. But now it's coming theatrical, and I'm like, even better because that means you have faith in it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, we could go into the details of how I mean, we could, well, yes, I need to, but how that came about. You know, when Warner Brothers took over, um, was taken over by um, was it who, who Discovery. was Discovery? Yeah, Discovery. That's the word. Um, David Zaslav, the president of Universal, our CEO, um, he basically saw um, this film, Evil, Evil Dead Rises, and Blue Beetle. And was like, uh, no, those are not going to be HBO Max um, only. Those are going theatrical runs. It's such God. a smart move because Evil Dead has such a loyal fan base. And this trailer looked fantastic. Yes, it did. It looks scary. has the creepy stuff. I'm excited to see the Mother Deadite. And I'm just... This ugh. is one of those times that I'm like, if you just gave me what you showed me in the trailer, I'd kind of be okay with it. It doesn't even need to do much to be a good Evil Dead movie. You just need like creepy, like if, like practical effects, some creepy characters, There's, and like a, like the environment they're at, that apartment building fits so well. There was a scene where the mom was cheese grating another person's leg. And I was like, I love it. freaking out. I love it. And that, here's the best part: is like, I've seen all the Evil Dead movies. I'm gonna rewatch them, and I'm gonna love them. I don't even care if this doesn't even have anything to do with the other films. <laughs> I'm willing to rewatch all of them before this comes out just because I love Evil Dead. You're going you to go buy a Necro- Necronomicon? I have one. Oh. I have that replica. You've seen it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I have. I also have an Ashy Slashy puppet. Which Ashy. I haven't seen the show, oh, yeah, so I do. don't know what that's about, <laughs> but it's cute and I love it. It's cute. All right. Moving on to number three. And this one actually surprised me because I wasn't excited about this before last year. Okay. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. All right. What changed your mind? I watched all the Mission Impossible movies back to back. Oh, okay, that is fair. Um, 
Uh, what I think I started Ghost Protocol. I don't think I've seen the first the first other the, films. The first two are okay. I liked the first two enough. They're basic action films for me, kind of reminiscent of like Ocean Eleven type things where they're just like big plot, big action scenes and all that. But what really sold me on the series was Mission Impossible 3 because Philip Seymour Hoffman is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrifying as the villain. And I was like, okay, all right. And then we get into the fourth one, which I cannot remember the name of. I think that this might be Ghost Protocol. Protocol. Yeah. And I was like, that's when things started going like 100%. Yeah. And then I started, I watched, uh, I've seen Fallout before. You, I think you maybe watched Fallout. Yeah. But I watched uh, Rogue Nation, and I was like, I love this series. I don't even like Tom Cruise that much, and I love this series. I think after Top Gun Maverick, this one really showed me that he's kind of just really going all in on he's himself. He's crazy. Yeah. He's a crazy man, and I'm like, I don't like him that much. But like, yeah, you keep doing what you need to do, Tom Cruise. Like, you're <laughs> you're starting to sell me. You're it starting is. to pull me over, and it's impressive. Simon Pegg coming back for this one. He has to. If they don't get the core cast, it's it's not a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, I love Simon Pegg. So anytime, especially like when he's in these films. So I, I can't wait to see well, what we can we can check the cast list. Uh, Simon Pegg is back. Yeah, Roms is back. Like there there is people that if you don't have them in the Mission Impossible movie, it's not a Mission Impossible movie. They're the, so they are their core characters are such a necessity for that film. The last one was what was the one with Henry Cavill, right? Yes, Ro- uh, Fallout. Fallout. Yeah, see that that one kind of fell flat for me a little bit. It's definitely not the high point of the franchise, but right. it's still a good movie. Yeah, it's still good. I like. I'll, I'll say I, I'm weird. Mission Impossible Three is my favorite, just for Philip Seymour Hoffman. It opens up with with Philip Seymour Hoffman, like threatening Tom Cruise character. Like that's the opening scene, Ooh. and I was like, I'm sold. This is already so much different. And I love it. I'd watch it again. I'd watch it again without watching any of the other ones. I don't care. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. It. You know, this series reminds me of, like, they're like, Tom Hanks, you can't, or Tom Hanks, Tom, what's the fuck's name? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, you can't be James Bond. He's just like, watch me. It's <laughs> so good. And then, like, just with the fact that says De- Dead Reckoning Part 1, I'm like, this is Mission Impossible's Infinity War. I don't care. Because mm-hmm. you know it's going to end on a sad note. And I'm so ready because I'm going to be hyped for Part 2. Yeah. Something's going to happen in the part one where I'm just going to be like, no, don't end. And it's going to well, end, and I'm going to wait two years, and then part two is going to be huge. I think they filmed it back-to-back, so it should be coming out the next year. Yes. Yeah. I'm so hyped. But I, I do like – I think that it's kind of cool. To, I like the part one, part two, because I just, I just know that I'm going to get another one, so it makes me happy like watching this film. And, and then we're moving on to one that we also got a teaser trailer for. Yeah. Creed 3. Yes, I love Creed. So here's another preference. I didn't see Creed till last year. Oh, wow. Another so franchise. I watched, I finished the Rocky franchise, jumped into Creed, and I was like, I kind of like Creed better than Rocky. Mm-hmm. Not Creed 2, Creed. Creed 2 is okay, but it felt like it lived too much into Rocky's life. Like, he wasn't able to become his own character. Right. He was still very much in Rocky's shadow. Both Creed 3 and just that teaser trailer with, um, I know his name, and I'm just not. Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Oh, Jonathan Majors. I keep forgetting him, but with Majors coming as the villain, and like, he's such a great actor fantastic actor i have so much hope for this because it's like creed is no longer in rocky's shadow and he's going to have the he's going to have to fight this man on his own yeah that uh this trailer definitely pushed it up into my um you know into into my viewpoint as well because i was just like this movie looks crazy it looks so good and i'm a sucker for boxing films i don't really like sports but boxing films i'm just like yeah beat him up (laughs) exactly and you know, you know Michael B. Jordan because he's directing it too, right? That's also what I'm excited it's, too. It's going to be interesting to watch. And then we get my number one most anticipated film of the year, 
it's going to be surprising for a lot of people who know me. John Wick Chapter Four. Huh. I I'm honestly surprised that there was love a... Chapter. I love John Wick. <laughs> yeah, no, John Wick. Um, is definitely like obviously him out of the blue, just with like d- Dead Dog and then Ultimate Revenge Story, and then just relaunched Keanu Reeves' entire career. Do you want to take a guess at how many times I've watched the trilogy? Mm, 12, I don't know. No, I've seen the trilogy three times. Oh, okay. <laughs> and each time, I'll have just as much fun the first time. Action and is the best they're, ever. They're endlessly rewatchable. And Keanu Reeves is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched the first three by myself first time. Second time, my dad, I was like, you need to watch these. And we watched the first one. He was like, I need to watch the other two. I was like, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And the third time, Jada was like, well, I want to watch John Wick. And I was like, bet, I'll watch John Wick. <laughs> and so we watched all th- we watched them in three again. And I was just like, I love this series so much. Like, it is so good. And then chapter four is going to be so good. And then, it like, it has uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. Bill's, uh, it has to be, I think it's Alexander. I there's so many Skarsgards in the I world. Know. Uh, Bill, Bill. Skarsgard. Alexander Skarsgard is his dad. Yeah. But Bill Skarsgard is like the villain who's working with the table. Sold. I don't care. I'm so excited. And then the fact that it's going to delve more into his backstory, like John Wick's like life as an assassin, stoked. And I love how all the movies just like it's like literally like a bad month in his life. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's all together. I, I love it. I love it so much. So I'm just I'm so excited. Lionsgate's usually hit or miss, but this is the one franchise where they have so much faith in. They're like, we're doing four. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no. And they... they've confirmed like two more in a spinoff. Yes, like, I love John Wick so like, much. It's so good, and as long as they keep the action as on on oh. peak. Only reason it's so well, it's... like that's the only reason it did so well, is because they're pioneering how action films should be shot. Realistic. Not necessarily, not necessarily that they need to be shot exactly like John Wick, but just the fact that like your jump cuts and your well, like your nobody. shaky cam. Or just gone exactly like nobody like, right because they have the same kind of action where he was it was real it feels genuine it's not somebody shooting like a fifty bullets out of a handgun it's he runs out of bullets throws the gun exactly you know, it's little things like that just push this into peak cinema for me one hundred percent anyway that's my that's my top ten a lot of weird choices from Bryce there that would not be suspected you will notice a lack of Marvel films not that mm-hmm. I don't like Marvel it What's just that? felt like the easy way out for me and I know. Mitchell enough to know those are on his list. <laughs> Actually, looking at my list, that's there's only one of them. Um, really? Yeah. So that, I I will say I'm kind of surprised. I I'm surprised <laughs> that Indiana Jones wasn't on your list because I, I love Indiana Jones, but I just because I fully expected that to be on your list. I know you're a huge. I mean, I remember us talking about it. Um, well, it I, it was on my list at one point. Well, we'll have to jump into here because and you saying that Marvel films I'm not on my list. Actually, Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp Quantumania was on my list. It was number 10 until uh, when the trailer came out. And you as soon as down? Yeah, as soon as I saw the trailer, it, I was just like, I'm not as interested anymore. That made me more excited just with Jonathan Majors in it. I like I do like Jonathan Majors, but I kind of already knew he was going to be in it, so I wasn't really Well, I know, I know. I just I don't know. The 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 trailer made it look like I don't know, it just it 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 just didn't feel special to me. Like it didn't feel like Marvel. Like Marvel, it just felt too like. Didn't feel like an event film. It felt more like. Uh, no, it does. Know. That's the issue. Like it doesn't. I don't know. Like after seeing Batman and I don't even know like Spider Man No Way Home to a certain extent. You know that's all about Spider Man for the most part. I feel like versus Ant Man, it just feels very like Simple. galactical, like galactic and. Like, I'm so confused why you don't like it because everything you're uh, saying is like a point for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm tired of of it all being like 
I don't know. I, I mean, I'll have to see it. It just looks too CGI for me. It didn't really, and even nothing felt real in it. Interesting. So it bumps okay. it down a little bit. I'm still majorly excited for it, obviously, because it's Marvel. But that being it, said, it, it just didn't crack the top ten for you because that went down. What moved up for me was Wonka. Um, this was on Timothy my list. Chalamet. This was on my list for like all of last year. Not gonna lie, like I I was so stoked, but. Something about Ridley Scott's Napoleon kind of oh, yeah. pushed it off the list for me. Okay, the reason I have it up here is because I just love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, both renditions of it. Um, I watched that a lot as a kid, and I love those films. And then Timothy Chalamet just has been slowly and slowly becoming one of my favorite, favorite actors to see any project I he's in. I told you. I, I told you two years ago. I, yeah. I told I was like, yo, you better watch out with Timothy Chalamet. I didn't believe you then. So good. <laughs> I was just like, nah, whatever. Well, everyone was like, you're just a fanboy of him. I was like, no, he's that good. He really is that good. Like, he's so fun to watch. Like anything he's in, um, I just have always appreciated his performance. So, and then just to see, just to know what he's gonna bring to this, I'm just super excited to see him play the uh, the Wonka character. It's going to be. It's the prequel, right? Like where they're. Yeah. Is this a pre? It's a prequel to Gene Wilder's version, if I. Am I correct, or is it not attached to anything? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. I just know that it's just about a young Willy Wonka. Um, that's really all. We're see him, I really hope we see him in Slave of Oompa Loompas. <sighs> it's a hot take, but like, I just I need to know how he got them. <laughs> I know that would be very interesting. I don't know if I'll go into that because we'll you, you've seen like the the comedy bits where people are making fun of Willy Wonka, and he's basically like a slave driver for Oompa Loompas. So I'm just like, I just need to know how. Right, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, it, he didn't really explain it in the other films. They kind of like talk, touch on it a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, no. So mostly, mostly because of Timothy Chalamet is why I'm excited for that film. It if it wasn't it was him, it all, wouldn't really. Bones and all really pushed it up for you. <laughs> it, <laughs> it did a little bit. You're like, damn, I really like this guy. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit. You're right. Um, now on top of that, um, coming in at number nine, um, I have a DC film, Shazam. Um, what is it called? Theory of the Gods. Yeah, Shazam: Theory of the Gods. I know, Bryce, you weren't a huge fan of the first Shazam film. I was, I was so disappointed. <laughs> because I, I felt the exact opposite. I was just, I, was, I love this Shazam character. Billy Batson is him. And then just whenever they shout, Shazam! And they all become Shazams. I'm just like, yes. I will say that the the actor who plays Billy Batson, Asher, Ash, whatever his name is. Uh-huh. Someone, someone, I can't remember. It's like it's, it's somebody with Asher. Asher Angel. Uh, Asher Angel. I was I got his first name. Go me. Look at you. I loved his performance as Billy Batson. My issue was Zachary Levi. I just didn't believe him as a kid in a Superman, like a superhero body. He felt very forced as like a child wonder type thing. And I was just like, I don't believe you. And I don't like you. And <laughs> I just want to see you get your butt kicked. I don't know. Like, I just don't like Zachary Levi. It's his face. It's his face, dude. I just He has a very punchable face. He does. Uh, that's, that's why I, I love it. <laughs> um, a- Asher Angel, definitely. I was I very much praised his performances. Billy Baxton, so I'm excited to see him come back. Yeah, and I just like to see that the, the super family is continuing. I'm just like, well, I don't know. He punches a dragon in the trailer. I don't like it. Just It speaks to me on so many levels. I heard they cut that. I'm gonna be sad if they do I because they, I think they cut it because of the line he says, where he's like, "Oh man, I love my life" or something like that, and everyone's making fun of it online, so they think they cut it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. But all I know is that in the trailer he punched a dragon. So, <laughs> um, no, I, I will say I'm I am excited for Shazam. It's not one of those like oh my god movies for me, but it's something where I'm like, all right, you know, the trailer was fun enough that I I, I have some faith for you. Love it. Um, another one that we both agree on is uh, at number eight. I have Creed three. Um, Creed is just 
yeah, basically everything you said. I just really love this character. Um, and then especially with this trailer that they released, it really, really awesome trailer. It gave me chills, dude. Yeah, I mean, I loved that they wrapped his childhood into his opponent. It was just like that that his, like, and it's not even just his childhood, but it's like, it's like the society versus, like, what you should do versus, like, who your actual opponent is. Like, you have to face this dude who basically was you know because of police brutality like was taken and maybe he shouldn't have been i don't know it just was crazy to me that a a wronged wrong choice leads down the wrong paths but who knows what the actual motivation is whether it was a wrong choice or it was just like you know exactly him him kind of stolen from his life and then watching a childhood friend grow up into this kind of like role model figure and being like, well, my life was stolen from me. Why do you deserve this? Yeah, exactly. And for him to have to still justify why he can still fight, stand up and fight this guy. Oh, just it's just it's just great material. So, so good. I'm so excited. And you know those boxing matches are gonna be awesome. 100. percent Oh yeah, and that's another thing. The just the way the the hits looked was brutal. I was just like, oh, that looks like it hurts. Yeah, no, dude, especially if you if you've seen the original Rocky series, all all like six of them. These fights in Creed are a million times better. Like they look real, they look brutal. You like you feel the energy behind those punches, and I love it. Exactly. It isn't like in Wakanda Forever when they're just flipping over each other. They're like, oh look, we slap, we slap. This is like full on punch. You see the ripples in the skin, and you see the blood and the tears. And I was like, I love it. Oh, and that was another thing because you mentioned that uh, Michael Jor- Michael B. Jordan's actually directing this film. Which I'm pretty sure this is a I, I directorial is, feature. I believe so, and that's that's exciting for me. Any anytime anyone has their first feature in a feature film, and that you know we haven't seen before, um, I like I love seeing that. I'm I'm very interested, especially with him having this character for two films, and now getting the chance to direct this character, and he's kind of taking it away from where the character was, where it's like Rocky was still like the very much like a focal point, and like I mean even in Creed two, he was fighting a child of Rocky's villain. Yeah, this is fully his own story now. It's his own story. He gets to become his own person, and I'm so excited to see where it happens. Me too. Um, now, this next one is no thanks to Ezra Miller. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> they have definitely muted my excitement for this film, um, but that being said, Michael Keaton's coming back, and I just love the character of The Flash. Um, obviously, the film I'm talking about is The Flash. Um, I... Love the like I said I love the character Flash I have tattoos of the Flash, um, I have liked Ezra Miller's Flash like that they've done in the other films, um, and so that makes me excited for this film coming out. Just the fir- this is the first Flash film that we've ever gotten. I mean, in, in modern day. I will say that Ezra Miller's tried his hardest not to let this film come out. <laughs> no, hundred percent. They they definitely have um, I, had I, issues. I have heard though. That Warner Brothers has been like, we're still open to him being the no. Flash. No. But it's like, how are you guys going to say that after everything that's gone down? Like, I get, like, the whole struggle. Like, if the Flash performs really well, it's very hard to be like, we need to recast him. Um, but, I'll say this. I feel like, uh, uh, ultimately, you know, with James Gunn and Peter Safran taking over um, DC, I think that they are making a whole new slate and 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 their decision on Ezra Miller I feel like has already kind of been made up I so it's kind of off topic but we are talking about the flash which I am excited for Michael Keaton so much like that's my crowning jewel of this movie is just I love Michael Keaton I'm so sad I think they cut his screen time down a little bit and stuff like that due to like Batgirl getting canceled and all this other stuff Mm. but James Gunn becoming the head of DC 
has given me so much faith in it because just seeing how he mm-hmm. interacts with people on Twitter and stuff where people are like, oh, you need to do this. And he's like, I'm going to do it my way. Y'all can step off. And I'm just like, I respect you. Me too. No, 100%. I, I think other people like, you know, with, with Henry Cavill not returning as Superman, um, people are like, don't like James Gunn because of that. But I'm just like, like I get it. Like you, we, yeah. he wants to carve his own direction in the DC films. Well, he said he, he was open about like, you know, when he took the job, he knew he was aware that whatever he did was going to get hate. Yeah, I mean, you're, whatever choice he made, it was going to be not not liked by the majority. He basically was like, "We're just prepared to do that. We're going to do what we got to do because we love these characters and we love what we're doing, and we're going to do the best for them. So you guys can all go away and mind your business." I love that. You know, respect the man. Um, it's, yeah, I'm just I'm really just excited to see what they do with the Flash. I know that this is supposed to be like a time travel thing. There's supposed to be like multiple flashes. Um, Isn't I, the villain like Ezra Miller too? Like it's a it's a version of Ezra Miller. I, I think so. I don't know. I know I, I know it's I, weird. I think in the teaser there's two flashes, like two yeah. Ezra Millers. And there's like I think yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm just really excited to see what they do with the Flash film. Um yeah. so that's I, I will say I do like the Flash character. Yeah. And I'm very I'm I'm excited for this. Hesitantly expired excited for it. I really hope that they do it well and it's not just gonna be like I don't know, man, Ezra Miller really screwed everything up. <laughs> right, no me too. And that everything they've said too is that like this is a really good film like every, everything that's coming out is that this is a really great film yeah even the people that are just like you know it sucks but it is what it is because it's and a good movie <laughs> yeah, this is the, the guy that directed this film was the guy that directed it and it too um oh, i love him uh, he, was, he was such a big dude back when it was coming out and i kind of feel like he's kind of disappeared because of like him do, taking over the flash because he, like, yeah. he took it over right after well it too if you think about this the flash movie was supposed to come out like two years ago yeah and yeah. he, that's when he took it over. Because of like, COVID. Right, and then, right before COVID hit, he took this movie over. Yeah. COVID hit, and it kind of ruined his whole timeline. So I feel like we haven't seen Andy, whatever his name is, in a very, very long time. Right. Because he's been gone since Chapter 2. No, you're right. So then the next one um, I am super excited for, was another one that you're excited for, is John Wick Chapter 4. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know. There's not much more to say that we haven't <laughs> ever said that already, but great action. Um Keanu Reeves, just amazing. So I'm super excited I, to see that one. I cannot wait. I love it so much. Me too. Um, I'm just hoping they don't go too much into, like, I I, I hope it's that there's a good story still behind it because like that's something that I've seen started declining since the first one. It's declining? Like, there's, there's only so much you can. I mean, okay, so the first one, no, I wouldn't say declining. I just like by the third one where everybody's attacking him and, and you know, everybody's attacking him. It just it's it's getting to the point where it's like a little silly. Have you watched them all back to back? Um, I don't know if I've done that recently. You probably should because it flows so well. Okay, maybe I should. Like you watch the first one, the first one ends, and then the second one begins with him going back home. Right. And then all the stuff goes out. By the end of the second one, if you jump straight into the third one, it's seamless. Huh. Okay. And it, it flows so well, so I'm I love it so much. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch. I'll, I'll definitely probably rewatch them because for this one because if you watch when you watch one back to back, all it is is like you're learning so much about the lore that all I want to do is get a chapter four and learn more about the lore. Like I'm just like, how does the how does the table work? Like I <laughs> I still don't know, but like this one seems more like it's gonna delve more into that because you have the like the third one had the guy, one who's above the table. And I'm like I don't even know who, how that works. Like <laughs> so much of the lore. In this world is fantastic. I love like all the little shops and that's hidden in like the world, and all these assassins know this underworld kind of thing. And I'm just like, it's so, it's so, it's so interesting to me. It intrigues my like need for lore. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I definitely um, hope to get a little bit more of that lore in here. So, 
Um, number five, the film that I thought you were going to say that you would have <laughs> on your list was Indiana Jones and the Dial, Dial of Destiny. Um, I wasn't really excited for this film until the trailer came out, and as soon as it did, and I'm just like, wow, that looks amazing. They know what they're doing. Okay, I haven't watched like any of the – I've only watched the first Indiana Jones film, so I need to watch the other ones. <laughs> but, so, so before the trailer came out, Jaden and I decided we're going to rewatch the movies. Mm-hmm. And I think she hadn't seen any of them. So we watched Raiders, and she was like, God, this is so good. I was like, yeah. And we watched Temple yeah. of Doom, and then she was like, I don't like Willie. And I was like, that's fair. You know, not a lot of people do. Makes sense. We watched we watched The Last Crusade, and she was like, this one's like better than Temple. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you want to watch Kingdom of Skull? And I was like, no. <laughs> that's the one with Shia LaBeouf, right? That's the one with Shia yeah. LaBeouf. And I have yeah. no interest, and I know I'm going to need to. I, that's the problem, is I know I'm going to have to watch it before this one comes out. But I don't want to, so I'm just postponing it. I think for like six months now. Yeah, and I'm gonna catch up on all those films before we, we, I see this one because I've only seen the first one, which I forgot the name of it. But Raiders, yeah, Raiders of Lost Art. Wrestle. Yeah, exactly. I've seen that one, um, which is really great. I love it. Uh, but I just honestly, I just love seeing these old. I love seeing Harrison Ford come back, and especially at an older age to do this. Oh, he's he's such a good actor, and I think he's doing a better job now that he's older than he was when he was younger, because I feel like he's just kind of mellowed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And then I think the action in this one looks too, really good, too. Oh, it looks so good. And then, like, the drama behind the scenes where he was, like, getting injured and doing all this, like, because he's doing his own oh, yeah. stunts. And I was like, I respect this man so much. Me, too. Um, and I just really think that so- something about this one just feels like a return to form for Indiana Jones in general. It feels like it just good. Okay, so when you think of legacy films, normally things come to mind as, like, Jurassic World, mm-hmm. where, like, they normally get terrible. But this feels like they're giving a lot of respect to Indiana Jones the character and trying to give him a good send off I agree because even um, Ka- I want to say it's Kathleen Kennedy but I don't know Lucas well, Lucas Romeo that's right is Kathleen Kennedy Lucas Romeo mm-hmm. yep that's right okay she's basically like was like yeah we're not gonna recast Harrison Ford like after this it's done yeah I don't really see why you would honestly but then they're also working on a young Indiana Jones movie so I don't or not movie show so I don't know I don't, it's all oh. weird it's a, it's a murky situation with Lucas Films yeah, and honestly, I heard that she's on her way out. I heard that they, God. as soon as this phone call, Indiana Jones comes out, she's basically going to be gone. The problem is, I don't even think like she's the biggest problem in there. I think she's just the easiest person to target. Well, no, I, I, th- I don't think so. I think she's the main. Well, I mean, I, we again, we, I, we, we can get, get into this. We can talk about that later. But I just, I just kind of look at what she's done, and I'm like, well, she's done a lot of good things. No, she has but... done a lot of good things. I just feel like the majority, of the, the way that Star Wars is right now, and Luke's film is because she hasn't really managed it that well um those are big we look properties at, to try to manage i know but like you should have at least have a plan before you do three a, tri- a new trilogy of star wars films right that makes too much sense Mitchell. <laughs> it's star wars <laughs> <laughs> you're right okay um but what does make sense is dune part two again with my boy T- timothy chalamet um okay let's be honest <laughs> i have no idea why this is on my list i don't know why either i don't know I, i'm telling you because i i at first dune like eh I watched it and I was like, it's okay. But the more I think about, thought about Dune, I'm just like, the more I like it. It just sits with me. It just gets better and better. And I'm just talking about Timothy Chalamet and it might be just because I like that dude. But like, I'm, and just knowing where this, oh, I don't know where the story goes, but like, I've just seen a little bit of things about where this story goes and how basically the second part of this film is just like pure action. And I'm super excited for this. I thought the first one was mundane and boring. I know. Me too. But I, I will say, I when I watched the first one, I just almost swallowed my microphone. I don't know if <laughs> saw that, but like... <laughs> okay, so... 
But uh, when I watched the first one, I went like I got out of the theater. and I was like, I did not like that. It was very boring. But I knew, I knew that part two could save the first movie. I think I like I told like I think I told you and I think I told Jade. I was like, I need the full story before I can accurately judge whether the first movie is good or not to me. Because I feel like it just left me so like I, wanting. I agree, and I think I'm, I'm getting more excited for this film because if the second part is really good, it's gonna make me love this entire franchise. Well, it's like uh, Zendaya was so heavily marketed in part one, and then she's barely in it. Oh, that's another reason Zendaya. Like you get to see more of her too. I just hopefully it's, it just felt disappointing to me. So like I'm, I'm surprised this is on your list because I was like this wasn't even close, dude. Like this wasn't even a consideration. I was like, nah, nah. I'm gonna watch it just because I know it's gonna be one of those event films. Everyone's going to be like, Doom Part 2. And I'm just going to be like, okay, I'll go watch it because everyone else thinks it's going to be good. But I Because you, you haven't seen the original Doom, right? I own it. And I haven't seen it. And I haven't seen it simply because I didn't like the first one. Okay. I just was asking because um, my, my, my dad and I feel like people I've talked to have seen that original Dune and even like read the books. And apparently, like that that second that original Dune movie actually is is the second part of this of this newer one series. I know, I know the first one's directed by David Lynch. Yeah, and that one it like specifically covers like what they're going to cover in part two. And I heard that it's like super like bonkers, crazy with with what they go into. I will go into this nervous, but willing to be wowed. Yeah, that's how I feel. But I'm I'm just like being more optimistic about it, just because I'm super. I'm just like this Timothy Chalamet, and with what they could do, I'm just like, okay, this could be really cool. This is why we're friends because you're the optimist, and I'm the one that goes in going, "This is gonna suck." <laughs> um, now speaking of things that you think are gonna suck, <laughs> Transformers, um, yeah. the Rise of the Beasts, hey, gorilla movie, gorilla, let's go. Um, I I have lost. I did lose faith in the Transformers franchise. Until I saw Bumblebee, like we talked a little bit earlier. And then, especially when I heard that they threw out Michael Bay and they gathered a team of writers to write the next series of uh, Transformers films, which was about five years ago at this point that they did that. Um, And I think just because of COVID and and issues that they had pertaining to that, um, this film finally got made and is ready to be put out. And I'm super excited to see what they do with Transformers. Um, just because it's a entirely new writing team, it's entirely new direct, directing. Um, it's it's all should hopefully be something great. I'm nervous, but the gorilla is very exciting. It, Transformers is just one of those franchises. I remember being a kid and watching like uh, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen back to back. I think I fell asleep during Revenge of the Fallen in the first ten minutes. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody's going to blame you. Those movies aren't good. The rest of the, like, the Transformers movies, like, after the first one aren't that great. So, so here's a, I have a funny story about Age of Extinction, though. Okay. I have a friend who, growing up, was obsessed with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Loved them. So when Age of Extinction came out, he was like, we need to go see it. And I was like, it's Transformers. And so we went and saw that in theaters. I remember him just being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was over here like. Oh like, my god! I don't, no, I don't like this. Like this is <laughs> awful. And I, I can't remember. Is Shia LaBeouf in there or is that Mark Wahlberg? No, I think Shark 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 no. Wahlberg. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf's only in the first one. No, he's in the he's no. On he's in the second trilogy. one. Trilogy? I don't know. I know in the first one he was pretty good. He was decent. Shia LaBeouf. Weird. No, Mark Wahlberg was hundred percent in the extinction. I know that. 
was he? Because I remember, like, I just did not like him in it either. And I was not just like, either. I don't like this. This is not a good series. And so I never watched another one. Yeah, after they did, um, well, I think that's the most recent one, isn't it? No. You what? had The Last Night, and you had... Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> There's so many of God. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, no, he was, yeah, Age of Extinction was Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah, and I know. He was in The the Last Night, which I think was the last one. That sounds right. No. Yes. Yes. Dark of the Moon. I was trying to figure out what Dark of the Moon was. That's the third. Yeah. Yeah, no, so Last Night was the last one, and I watched it, and I, 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 uh, I gave it a solid one star. So you that was my last Transformers film I watched, and I still haven't checked Bumblebee because I was like, you can't, you can't say this. Like, you also got uh, pterodactyls too. I mean, just just dinosaur. We got more dinosaurs in this one. You know what? So. I'm weird. I might watch Bumblebee tonight. Bumblebee is a good film. Like, I, I think you're gonna have a good time. I just, I th- this year is the year of Bryce watching movies that he should have watched. <laughs> <laughs> so Bumblebee is on my list, and it's gotten a lot of decent ratings. And a lot of people I follow like it, so I will check it out tonight. I will try to check it out tonight. Now, these next two films are, yes, Marvel films. Oh, I mean, Bro, sorry. Haley Stein- Steinfeld and Bumblebee? Gwen I Stacy think so, yeah. Boy, why would you tell me that? I, I, I forgot. You know how I don't much know. Of, dude. Oh, yeah, she's the main She's the main girl, I think. She's I a Hawkeye. That. Yeah, she's a Hawkeye, exactly. Why would you? Man, you think I, okay, okay, never mind. Red Flag, John Cena's in it. He's actually in, barely in it, but he's actually pretty good in it. I have to force myself. I got this. I'll be all right. It'll all be right. Okay. It'll be okay. I'll get through it. Now, the ne- <laughs> number two. at number two, I have a film that is near and dear to my heart. I mean, just because it's Marvel and because it's one of my favorite Marvel properties, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, like, get prepared to cry. I know. I just know. Just the trailer. Dude, I like cried. The, I was oh almost cried the trailer, bro. Oh what my the heck? god, poor like, rocket. You know we're probably like this isn't spoiling anything. Obviously, we don't know. I think this is going to be the end of the team. One hundred percent. They told us that. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of sadness and a lot of death. And See, I hope it I ends on a high note, but I'm not expecting it to. And I don't know if this is okay. I don't know if we're going to see people die as much as you people other people anticipate. I don't know why. I, I, I just don't. Expect if it. I had to guess right now, Drax is going to eat the dust. David T. has already said he's done with the character, so I can see him dying. Rocket's probably going to die. And I think Groot's probably safe. He's already died. So, <laughs> But I think the other one's like, I don't know. Like, how do you end a character? Like, think, think about if Iron Man was just retired. I can see Nebula dying. But, um, well, see, that. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, the characters I are think still ultimately, in the world, what is the guardian? To me, what is the Guardians of the Galaxy? The Guardians of the Galaxy is whoever Peter Quill is commanding. That to me is what the Guardians of the Galaxy is. So I mean, to, to me, you can have you can go off and do another Guardians of the Galaxy film as long as Chris Pratt or honestly, not even Chris Pratt, as long as there's a Peter Quill doing it. Um, it's just it, it just feels like the end of an era. It does, yeah. Kind of like how Clark's Clark's three felt in, this, in a sense. Almost yes, but it's just it's one of those things where you it. How do you talk about this without being like, you know, like Endgame where you see a character you've grown attached to for years and then you're saying goodbye to them? It's just emotional. Like, even, yeah. even before Endgame, we knew we were going to say goodbye to some characters and it was so sad. It almost reminds me of Logan. You grow attached. Mm-hmm. I mean, Guardians have only been around since 2014, but it still feels like you're losing a bit of 
losing a piece of Marvel. Yeah, you're losing losing a piece of this franchise, this you know overall connected cinematic universe that really is like I want to say one third of it. It's amazing how much they've done with Guardians. Really, you know, because we had everything focused on Earth until they showed up, and then after that is when you know you started introducing the cosmic stuff. Blew up. Yeah. Um, without them, you know, it's just like, what is Marvel? No, I'm just kidding. I feel, I feel like we need like some sad somber music well, just playing in the background. Just, it, if you think about it, we're we have no Captain, we have no Captain America yet. I mean, obviously, like, we have we Captain have, America coming again, coming. No, we have we have Wilson. No, I know, but I'm just saying like. Your pillar, your pillars of like what you set your uh, MCU up was like, you know, you had Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. The 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 core Avengers are basically all gone. Yeah, uh, exactly. Little side things that came up like Ant Man and Scarlet Witch, and then those are starting to disappear too. It's kind of just like it's a new era, and it's it's sad. It's sad for the old fans. Exactly, but no, I'm still super excited to see this one. Um, and then obviously at number one, my most anticipated film of 2023 is Into the Spider Across the Spider Verse. I can't wait for this to make so much money. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mm, Miles Morales and has taken my heart to storm. I got a no expectations tattoo. I'm eventually gonna get more of a Miles tattoo. Um, I love this character and I love. Um, just the fr- the entire world that they set up. I actually just watched the first one just the other day again, and uh, actually I think I watched it as my last film of 2022. It was indeed your last film of 2022. Um, and it, oh my god, the imagery in this film and how they use animation is just so peak like animation. The I Ditko love it. dots, which, funny enough, speaking of this animation, inspired Puss in Boots. So yeah. I mean, the the fact that they're making a sequel to a movie that changed the animation game. It has a reason to be so anticipated, and you know why I know that that they've taken all the care into this into this as much as they've taken onto you know as the as the first one, and I'll tell you why. In the trailer, there is a scene where, um, you know, they play a lot. The large, a large part of the trailer is just them replaying old stuff, um, but then they played a part where he swings to New York and grabs a hot dog from a guy, and then he like he like pays him money. And then, like in that, in the frames, few frames, if you just do it by frame by frame, like well, there's a part where it says like take, you know, and he like like uh, there's a word text bubble that says take when he takes the hot dog, and it's just absolutely like hilarious. And like, I just know that if they can spend that much like that much focus on just that frame, and you can pause it and you could use that as a screensaver, they're gonna do that on the entire. Oh, film. fantastic! And then there was a uh, the fact that they postponed it, which usually is a disappointing thing to see happen. Yeah, but when they postponed this movie from last year, I was like, you know what? I believe in that because they're trying to make the best film they can, and they know how much anti- like anticipation people have. So you know what? Take your time. I'm good with waiting as long as we get some great quality and you guys put your effort into it, which, as you say, they are. Right. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I forgot we were supposed to see this already. And we were yeah, supposed to, this supposed is the second out. one was supposed to come out this year too. It was supposed to the fr- it was supposed to come out the same day as League of Super Pets did. <laughs> but honestly, I, at, the end the, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that you know we're finally getting this film, and that it, um, yeah, I mean that they took the time that they needed to to make it. So I cannot wait to see this film. It's gonna, it's gonna. I'm gonna do prediction now. It's gonna win best anime picture at next year's Oscars. I can also, or at least a nomination for sure, a nomination. I think this might be my favorite film of the year, but I don't know yet. If it wins Best Anime Picture, it'll be like the second movie in history to win a Best Picture award. That's a sequel. Wow. Because the only other one was Godfather Part 2. 
Well, you guys need to let us know what your top 10 of 2023 are. All right, what, you're, what are you anticipated for? Uh, what are you excited about? What are you not excited about? You can let us know that too. We're very um, curious because we know there's a ton coming out. There is a lot. There's a ton I didn't even mention that I'm excited for there's that I just so couldn't much. get to. It's like every, like I think in January alone I'm seeing like 15 movies. I know. Like that's January. Like January is the slow month. I'm really excited <laughs> for this for Blue Beetle too. That like I just it sounds really cool to me. There's just so much. There's so much coming out this year. It's going to be amazing. Well, I am super excited to hear from you guys. Um, and if you want to follow us on the interwebs or you know talk to us outside of our podcast, um, you can find us anywhere at Into the Filmverse podcast or Into the Filmverse. Um, and then you can find me, Mitchell Chandler, at uh, Mitch Reviews on Letterboxd and uh, Mitch, at Mitchell Chandler pretty much everywhere else. You can find me on Letterboxd at Payne Reviews. I think I got the, the, so the right P-A-Y-N-E Reviews. I'll get this down again. We're still coming back. <laughs> and then Twitter at Sanguine Films. And, uh, yeah, Instagram at Payne Love Cinema. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys' time, and thank you for spending with us. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!